0: Hi everyone, my name is Amanda Bielow and I'm the founder of Awesome Women in Construction, or AWIC, a not-for-profit association who provides a supporting community for women in the construction industry. I've started a podcast series called Awesome Women, taking a wide focus on women in all areas of the community, construction, automotive, mining, healthcare, farming, hospitality and many others. I have met some amazing and wonderful women in my time, and they all have a story to tell, one that we are ready to hear. The podcast guests have had and are having amazing careers. They are small business owners, many of them raising a family at the same time. Others I know are training for a variety of reasons, including representing our country in sport and climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Some of you have represented your country in sport and are now writing books and carving out very successful careers. Some of our guests are employed full time and have a side hustle. Your journeys vary, but they are all inspirational and can show others what the world has to offer. You are an inspiration to me and I wanna share that with the AWIC members in our fabulous community. My intention was to have a casual chat, enabling women to tell their stories. This has definitely been achieved. I have enjoyed recording these podcasts. Now it's time for you to enjoy listening to them. Hi, everybody. Well, today we have uh, Lisa Pasali from Zimi Marketing joining us for another awesome women podcast. Hi, Lisa hello how are you good so Lisa um, is the head of Zimmy group marketing um, a company that was started five years ago when Lisa returned home from living abroad so tell us more Lisa
1: um, probably five years ago uh, or six years ago I was living in New York and I came home with not a lot of idea of where I wanted to go in my career um, And I met with some people that I'd worked with previously and they asked for some help um, as a contractor. And so I said, oh, that's fine. I'm not really sure what I'm doing yet. Um, So while I'm looking for work, I'll I'll contract to you. And it just grew and grew. And I started to enjoy the flexibility that it offered, um, the ability to go into different businesses and see how everybody works and uh five years later, here I am uh still going so it's it happened really organically and naturally and
0: um I'm really lucky that
1: it that it went that way
0: fantastic so while you're going into different um people's businesses and helping them out, what is it um that gives you that buzz? is it seeing them go from you know not having a lot of followers on on their social media platforms or getting more people into their business, what's the buzz that you get helping them?
1: I think when you enter every business, you're not 100% sure what to expect in regards to what they want you to achieve, what success looks like to them um, and, and what is within their comfort zones. So spending the time to break it down and then achieving those and looking back um that's what success looks like if it's more customers or clients sometimes it's internal sometimes it's you know just a whole new website look and feel or helping them figure out who they are Um, all of those things make me feel good. So especially when they really start being proud of the company that they work for or own. So a lot of people are like me, they've started a business and it's just kind of exploded. And then they've got to stop and go, Oh, I need a bit of a strategy behind this. And so helping them then zone it in and and take that business to the next level in how it presents itself to other people um, gives them a real sense of pride I don't judge on Instagram followers or numbers. I think it's about engagement and being true to yourself. So finding your own voice and what your business looks like is a lot more powerful because you can have a lot of followers, but they're not much chop. If they're not shopping out with you or spending money or engaging with you, then what's the use of having them in that community that you've created on social media? So
0: gone are the days where we need 10,000 followers to be anything in the world, Hank.
1: Yeah, well, if you've got 10,000 followers and all 10,000 people are spending money, then you're doing well. But sometimes I think less is more if you can spend that time. They're actually genuinely interested in your business. The old quality over quantity.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. So um, we asked you to join us on a podcast today. Um, You mentioned before we started that it's your first um, podcast. So, did you have any, you know, I'm not sure if I should do this or how do I do it or, or what were your thoughts before you said yes?
1: I said yes uh, because I was excited to be invited and I've I'm, I'm not, like I said, been part of one. So I thought, yeah, let's do this. And um, over the weekend I thought, well, what am I going to talk about? Like this is the Awesome Women podcast. So what have I done that's awesome? And then all of a sudden, doubt set in for me, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be on this podcast. Um, You know, I have done a lot, but is it that awesome? Like, do people want to hear about it? And it was this process of finding things to talk about that I realised what is probably one of the most important things about success is overcoming imposter syndrome. Um, And I don't know if everybody's heard of it but it's essentially when you've got self-doubt in your abilities and um, the the thing I find is we all have it and it's not really spoken about and sometimes it can stop people from applying for jobs it can stop people from speaking up in a meeting even though they've got great ideas Um, and I think my constant talking myself edge I guess of doubt is what's helped create the success that I've had is that I will dive into it even if my palms are sweaty sometimes I know I seem overly confident all the time but sometimes I'm not um, but I, I one one thing that I sort of when I, I thought I'd do a bit of research about it was um everybody feels this they've got Michelle Obama has a beautiful quote on it Albert Einstein you know all these people that we think are geniuses and amazing, also feel it. So I thought we should talk a little bit about this today. Sounds great. Talking about it helps people feel okay with it.
0: No, I agree. And we all do have those moments of self doubt. And like you said, it could be simply speaking up in a meeting or you know applying for jobs and. You know, at the moment we're in a bit of a different um, world with corona hanging around and we'll come out of that. But, yeah, we've just got to be ready to, to brace that next chapter or challenge.
1: Yeah, and, and knowing that our ideas and skills are worth the attention. Yeah. So if you're in a room full of people that you respect um, and think are intelligent, there's actually a good chance they think the same thing about you that you're not in that room because you're an imposter. You're in that room because they want to hear your opinion. And we need to, even if you have to remind yourself about it daily, you've got to know that and speak up where you need to speak up. Um,
0: you're an equal. That's why you're in the yeah. position that you're in.
1: You know, um, and And so having that, if you want to start a business or if you want to move up in your job, you have to learn how to let go of the imposter syndrome. I think sometimes it gives you a good adrenaline rush. Um, and it probably gives you the spark that you need to try harder. Um, but it, it can't be the thing that holds you back.
2: Um, yeah. My thoughts on it anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: you know, particularly, you know, if we're looking, you know, to have that career change, you know, we've been doing something for a long time and then, you know, we look outside of our box and we can do it. Reading the position description, we know we can. We've just got to, you know, like you say, convince ourselves or back ourselves probably more in the fact that we can hold our own in a different setting.
1: Mm. Well, I guess sometimes when you're doing a job, you're doing it because you're good at it. When you talk about changing direction, people always go, but you're really good at this. Why would you change? But if it's not giving you what it used to give you, then, you know, you've got to give it a crack sometimes, don't you?
0: Yeah, and sometimes you do have to take a leap, you know. By no means are we saying that everybody should jump off that cliff before they've sorted out how their next mortgage repayment or rent payment is going to happen but if you've got all that sorted sometimes you you know you do need to just take that leap and you know put caution to the wind on some level and and see what happens
1: yeah it's that um not everything's impossible and sometimes when you've achieved success more success comes because no threshold to success and it looks different to all of us and it's how do you go around or under or over that like what needs to happen for this to happen and you know the biggest thing that is like our biggest enemy is ourselves and i think taking that time to be a little bit more confident in ourselves loving ourselves a little bit more um you can really make some difficult decisions that have good results. And if it's a bad result, you still survive it. Like, think about some of the worst things you've gone through and you're still sitting here, out the other side, ready for your next challenge. So um, I find women are very adaptable and that is, you know, definitely something that I I would say is uh, attributed to my success is being able to change. And, and like you mentioned earlier, corona and isolation and what's happening in the world is going to change our workplace. And if you've got those skills to adapt and be confident in yourselves, you've got, you know, you're prepared for whatever's about to happen to all well,
0: You're at the front of the line, huh? you know, you're not waiting at the back of the line, waiting for somebody to tell you what you should be doing, you know, and some people now might be that time where they've sat back had a reassess of, of what they've been doing, have they been enjoying it or not, and go, you know what, it's time for me, it's time for me to make a change and to be happy with what I'm doing.
1: Exactly. You know, um, many of us have had many changes in our lives when we sit down and have a look exactly how our career has sort of angled, like being um, in the construction industry. That has changed so much. We've had the GFC, we've had booms, we've had dots. Like that is an industry that has been adaptable and changed, but it's still here. It may not look like it did You're in the day. <laughs> <laughs> long lunches and
2: else. <laughs> but
1: it's still here, and we're still smiling and having fun and, and things like that. So that's exactly. Um, you know, every industry adapts and even if you might still be with that same company this whole time, your role is not what it was when you started.
0: When no, and I don't think they ever are. What you apply for and what you end up doing mm-hmm. um, are often two very different things. And I, and I think that comes from, you know, other people seeing your skill set, you know, yeah. and having that belief in you if you don't.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, that, when you have that imposter syndrome, I think one of the biggest things is to be frank with yourself and know that you have talent and that you're capable and you belong. And if you have to chant that to yourself 10 times, then do it. But, um,
0: well, it might be having that conversation with yourself that you might have with a girlfriend. Yeah. You know, if you had a girlfriend give you a call and say, well, was me, you know, I'm not sure, you know, you give her a pep talk and you would give her a, you know, maybe a bit of a kick up the bum and say, off you go, you can do this. Sometimes we've got to do that for
1: ourselves. Exactly. Well, talking about it helps because people always worry that if they talk about what they're scared about, like if I went to you, Amanda, I can't do this podcast, I'm not awesome, I'm not, I've thought about it and I'm not. You know, what's the biggest, worst thing that's going to happen is you turn around and go, yeah, I don't think you are awesome. (laughs) Fill in numbers. You're not going to say that. But people are worried that that is going to be confirmed to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's usually not, and so you'll get talked back down and realise, oh, okay, I-, I spoke to my friends about this. What am I going to talk about? And then they sat there and listed, you know, this long list of achievements. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, right. So, you know, talking about it can sometimes be the best thing that you can do. And, and just if-
0: coming back from overseas with no real plan, Lisa... You know, how liberating it may not have been at the time, but looking back, that was so liberating in the fact that you could go in any direction and organically, you know, it started to, you know, be attract you know, it was attracting to you because it's what was it yeah. be. It
1: um I think it actually really boosted my confidence because people were hiring me because they wanted my knowledge and they knew that I was capable of doing it. And I was the expert when I walked into the room. Um, and all of a sudden I realized when I was getting results and my clients were happy and uh, that I you know, had that moment where I was like, hey, I know what I'm doing. Like I've done marketing for 20 years and I still doubt myself sometimes. But um, sometimes you just gotta sit back and, Take a minute to acknowledge what you've achieved. And what I have with Zimmy, you know, people try and start and work for themselves all the time. It is not an easy thing to do to start your own business and support yourself and keep moving forward. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself that I have done it and I'm living a pretty good life and I've got a dog, you know, life's good. Those things. They're great. That's right. I think we do
0: need to, yeah. And that's it. And people say not to look back, but I think we do. We need to look back at how far we've come, you know, where we were 10 years ago and what we did or didn't know to where we are today. You know, we're different people. And you can't, not, you can't be the same person you were 10 years ago, whether it's in your career or in your personal life.
1: I look back all the time, especially I always think about my teenage self. And if I met my teenage self and told yeah. them what I had done, like, little Lisa would have been pumped and high-fiving me because I don't think I would have ever thought that I'd live overseas. I don't think I'd ever thought that I'd be where I was today um, when I was a, you know, hormonal teenager. Um, so I definitely look back all the time and think about, If I had to go and talk to my teenage self, would I be proud? Mm -hmm. And I think I've already far, like, surpassed my expectations of what I could achieve. And I was pretty, um, I was pretty goal-orientated. I always have been, you know. I was going to say, that hasn't changed yet. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty competitive, so um, I do. So it's not an option, Yeah. um, and at several moments in my life, I look at what was I like in my 20s? What was I like in my late 20s? And five years ago when I started Zimmy and I was so relaxed about it and it was just a thing to get me by um, to where it is today, it's, it's huge. And the people that I've met, like when I met you um, and you just started AWIC, um, and it was just a luncheon of a couple of people. Yeah. And now it's this whole network of women who support one another, yeah. um, uh, from mainly construction, but still so many industries, yeah. um, you know, and they're fun and they're a good group. And you no, know, I would never have thought that I'd be involved in something from its infancy so early, you know, sometimes you have to fight to get in to be part of these sort of things. And. Um, AWIC's just been, you know, welcoming everyone with open arms and it's it's a really lovely community to be part of when you're trying to work on your business and you get to meet others who are in the same situation and it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, so awesome. shout-out to you, Andrew. <laughs> Thank
0: you. <laughs> you had those moments of doubt when you were starting AWIC. Oh, look, it, it, there's moments of doubt even when you're into your third year. You know, do I spend this money on here? You know, and the moment, incomes are low, but... Like any good small business, you know, you just keep investing time and money into it because I know that very shortly we'll come out the other side and restrictions are lifted and we will be back on our feet and um, bigger and better than ever.
1: Yeah, and you know, you've adapted, you're doing virtual drinks. I, I, those virtual drinks took me two days to recover.
0: <laughs> so they were good, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> so in your 20 years of marketing lisa what would be your favorite part i mean marketing is such a huge broad banner what are your favorite parts of it
1: um, i really think it's the working and making a difference i don't mind if it's social media i don't care if it's branding I think helping people pull it all together so that it's strong and successful, um, I don't think it's a piecemeal thing. And when you work with someone to develop strategies and they put the time and effort in and there's success, then that just brings me so much joy because I know it worked. Um, When you attack it from little bits and pieces, it just never gets that momentum and it's frustrating. So... Completing things, um, beautiful feedback that I get from my clients, that's the sort of stuff that I really enjoy. And I think we all do, right? When, when you know, when someone says something kind about your work, um, then you feel really good about yourself.
0: And, yeah, and seeing that person, whether it's an individual or, or a business, really taking some big leaps and bounds and knowing that you've been a part of that, it's huge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And being part of their transformation. You know, they themselves can look back and go, oh, we had X amount of staff and now we've got this many and we've continued to grow every year when people in the same industry are struggling to maintain numbers, we're growing. So all of those sort of benchmarks give me satisfaction. Um, I think creating something beautiful or really clever gives me satisfaction as well when when i know a company can look better when i know that they can brand themselves better and get their messages across and when they let me or give me the freedom to really create and control that um and then they can see how nice uniform it is i've got a client who when I started had about four or five different logos like just slightly different oh, wow. and we rebranded and now they are so brand conscious about everything that's being released um I'm kind of really proud because they they get it now of how uniformity can really improve that strength of your brand because more people will see it and they'll they'll bring it back to them so you know, at first it was a struggle. They didn't even want to talk about their branding. And we got there. Like after the first year, they were all in of, okay, we've done these small changes and we've seen good results. Let's, let's build it. So gaining that trust from a, a client is really satisfying as well because this is their baby, like, and they're giving you the permission, like permission to control it, which is, I think, also a really big deal.
0: And I think it's important too, and I know when you came in and helped um, help me with A-Week and we worked on our branding and a few other, a number of other things, you know, you don't know what you don't know either. Yeah. My skill set in my knowledge, if you want to build a house, mate, I can tell you how many bricks you need in that house, but my skill set wasn't marketing. And so I'm relying on you to give me all the the good, bad and the ugly. Um, And that's what was really good too. And like you say, there was trust there to know that when you said the ugly, it wasn't that we've done anything bad. We just needed to have another look at it and see how we can, you know, make it sparkle.
1: I don't think I use the words ugly for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think All
0: right. There was no ugly use. But it was good to have it was refreshing to have somebody somebody go, Amanda, really? Do you really think we need that? You know, or yeah. like, really? And you, you know, it was good to have that honest conversation.
1: It it also helps, you know, sometimes people just need that another perspective of looking at things sometimes when i'm stuck i always go out to other people for advice um nobody's above educating themselves and getting in other opinions you're not expected to know everything in the world about everything um there's a reason why people hire people that are smarter than them right You want that feedback, you want to be good at what you do, but there's others that can help you in different areas. So um, I'm forever educating myself, surrounding myself with people, asking questions when I don't know what's going on. Like with uh, all this ISO stuff and corona and all the government (sighs) things, like... I am never going to be an expert in numbers. I am a creative. I will never pretend that I am an expert in accounting. I hate it. So I have an accountant. Shout out to Sam at a Awec um, sponsor.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep, we're all good. <laughs> you know, I have them to lean on and ask for advice. And instead of me spending hours and hours trying to figure it out, they're like, we got this. And they... They helped
0: me through it. So, yep. you know. They were there for us or for me in the beginning with Week as well. You know, we started off with just a few, you know, there were 14 of us having a lunch. Three months later, we had nearly 50 people turn up. Mm. You know, when you have that sort of response to something, such a simple invitation, you've got to step back and go, holy crap, what are we going to do with this? And, you know, having people like at Bulo on board and others that could give you guidance and direction was incredibly important
1: yeah it really is so um i do i do think surrounding yourself and,
0: and asking for help yeah. if it's oh. not your strength somebody else in your community and if they're not in your space they will be soon um will be able to help you with that
1: people are happy to. Yeah. i've never had anyone say no if they if they can't help me they'll all turn around and say oh I can't do that but I know someone who can so've i never let anyone turn around and say no to me maybe I'm pushy I don't know but
0: so <laughs> <Same laughs> no people want
1: people want to help and people enjoy seeing the success of others and being part of that journey yeah um, I don't I don't think if, if there's people in your life that don't Enjoy your success or put you down. They, they should not be part of your life. You need to have a good, hard look at that relationship.
0: You need <laughs> to do some deleting on the phone or some unfriending yeah. on Facebook.
1: Maybe they're not the people you should be turning to for business advice because there is definitely a lot of people who will happily support you um, no matter what mistakes you make. Like, every Isn't business, that how we learn? Everyone I've seen that has success in business always says it's the mistakes that they've learned along the way that's made them stronger. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you're going to make them. Don't think that you're invincible to mistakes um, or failure, but it's just how you accept it, I think, sort of.
0: Yeah, and it's it's looking back and breaking it down and going, okay, so... You know, this first 80% was great, but this last 20%, okay, that's where we fell over. Let's have another look at it. Yeah.
1: Uh, I've, um, I won't go into too much detail, but I remember one of the first massive mistakes I made with Simi and I was just like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Um, it didn't, it wasn't with a client, thank goodness, but it was, it was a real eye-opener for me to be like, okay, I don't know how I would have avoided it but I do know how to avoid it in the future Uh, because I didn't have the right processes set up and I didn't have the right information at the time, but then I took the time to do it. Um, Like I said, I'm a creative, so I'll ignore that sort of shit if I have to. (laughs) Well,
0: and and it comes back though, Lisa, to understanding where our strengths are. You know, yours is creative. Mine is more the figures, you know, and, you know, but, you know, very quickly has been a very steep learning curve on that creative, Um, but there's so much that you can take away from that as well. I mean, I never would have thought three years ago or even eight, eight months ago, I'd be doing what I, what we are and growing our, you know, social media
1: following. Yeah. No, well, no, I think nobody thought they'd be doing what they're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, too. That is true. Yeah. i making copious amounts of bread, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think I honestly thought Zimmy was going to be 12 months, maybe, max. And here I am five years later. Still going, meeting new people, getting new clients. Um, and who knows what the next step is for me.
0: But that was a filler and it's done really well.
1: It was a filler. And then I learned how to enjoy it. I'd never worked in an agency before. So I'd always been client side of marketing too. So even learning how to be agency side was a learning curve for me. Um, and so I know a lot of people work agency and then start their own thing separately once they've went for the big agency. But I had only ever been client side as well. So there was quite a few learning curves that I had along the way, um, especially if down to how to make money out of ideas. Yeah. A lot of the stuff is me being creative and helping. So being able to monetize that for myself and to not just tell everybody what to do without <laughs> billing them, I think, was a big thing for me. So,
0: And again, that's where that,
1: you know, we need to
0: look at that imposter syndrome and go, no, I am worth X amount an hour. Or, I, you know, if someone hires me for a day, it's, it's not just about the day that we're on site. It's about all the prep time. It's about the follow-up time afterwards. So you might be on site for a day, but you've got every right to probably charge them three.
1: I'm just work. My my first I remember the first few quotes were quite small and then I I got quite a big job and I put together this quote and it was so big and I had to sit there and go no if I was client side I wouldn't think this was a big invoice it's only because I'd not invoiced that size before that I was like oh. but it and they didn't even flinch I probably undercharged but in my head that was quite big at the time and uh, and I still sometimes, you know, I put together a quiet energy that's high, but that's what it is. And you can't doubt it unless you're working for free. Like you've got to understand your value um, yeah. that way and be confident. If you don't get the job, then you weren't meant to work with those people because if they don't value you, I've, and I've learned this the hard way: is if they don't value you at the beginning, they're not going to value you through the process either. And it just never, you never get the right results if they're always questioning, you know, your value and what you contribute.
0: No, absolutely. So networks, Lisa, how have they played a part in your career, you know, finding that next job, finding the next, you know, person to consult with? How's that been for you? Huge,
1: huge. Um, From my first job... Most of my jobs were through networks. I probably followed I've, three times. I've had the same boss. He changed jobs and then took me with him. So that's three times in my career I've got a new job just because my boss changed roles. And he took me with him or there was probably a few months or even a year sometimes between and it just through conversation, we stayed in touch. I still stay in touch with him, even though he's not in Brisbane anymore. Uh, because you know what opportunities come up. And I think one job I got because I rang him and said, "I'm updating my resume. It's time for me to find um, a new job." And he goes, "Oh, actually, I've got one for you if you're interested." So you know, it's not all like that. Trust me in regards <laughs> to work, but. <laughs> Networks are very key to even being put forward for the role or getting on the shortlist. There's been times that I've been shortlisted and not gotten it through networks. But even getting through to those shortlists, I think sometimes jobs aren't advertised as well as what they are either. Like they might be up, but actually the job could be a lot better than what is advertised so taking all of those things into account, I, um, I would say the beginning of Zimmy again, a lot of my clients were past employers who or colleagues that were in different jobs and needed assistance and heard that I was back and was like, great, you know, oh, one was, you know, our marketing manager quit and we need someone to help us tie over until we hire someone new. And that was a really big job for me when I was just starting out and I could do it. Now, back, if I would have t- accepted the job, I would have had to go there nine to five. And instead, as a consultant, I went in, I chose the hours that I did for them. I still achieved it all. But I got I, the workload for me was only a c- couple of days a week. It wasn't nine to five. Um, so networks have definitely played a part staying in touch with majority of people I've ever worked with and with things like LinkedIn now, it's even easier to do it. Um, So I I would say, and and even through AWIC, I've gotten work through some people that I've met. So um, networks are very important. It's, Probably um where I get all of my work from is referral based and I get better quality work because of it. And um, I'm there's a bit of a joke that I'm the worst at marketing myself than I am at anybody else. Because I spend so much time doing everybody else's that I don't actually have a website.
0: Yeah, but it's like a plumber's house <laughs> or a carpenter's house, you know, like they're normally the doors in the kitchen that are wobbly or are off and you know the wife or partner is always saying can you just put those doors back on you know I think it's you do it all day every day it's the last thing you want to do on a weekend is do your own stuff.
1: I think I put a lot of pressure on myself because I'm in marketing that my website has to be the greatest thing on earth and so I just want to put everything in it and I'm not. So it's my goal. Let's see if I stick to it. It's, a, it's in podcast now, so we have to. But yeah. it's my goal to get it done in the next few months. So hopefully uh, I have been working on it on the slide to just get it done because it's pretty, I'm pretty, if I, was, if I was talking to myself as a client, I'd be like, you need a website. What is wrong with you? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I need to do that
0: (laughs) and I think it's important what you mentioned about referrals because I know if somebody refers someone to me you know that they're doing it a because it's their reputation as well that's on the line you know if this if this referral doesn't work and they don't all work and they don't all align the same way but I think it's the best way you know, in business to do it, you know? That old, you know, bartering, handshake, you know, referring somebody else. It's, it's one of the easiest, but most rewarding at the same time.
1: It really, um, it is a compliment, like you said, mm-hmm. When somebody refers you, because then you know you need to take that as a as a compliment and a boost to yourself. Yeah. And out of everyone they know, they're like, "Oh, Lisa can help you with that. Go talk to Lisa. Have a coffee with her." Yeah. Like you and I started with a coffee. I said, "Sure, I'll have a coffee with you." Um, as a referral, you you needed some help, and I was happy to do it. Um, and then it's what two years? Yeah. 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 Uh, no, be two. Yeah two years of, you know, doing stuff together now, which started just as a cup of coffee. So um, yeah, they are important. And then I also think you should really nurture those that you're referred to because they can also lead to more. It just starts opening to more people that you wouldn't normally expose yourself to. If you stick with the only people you know, then you've got a really closed network. But if you're meeting new people all the time, then you're just the amount of more people that you can expose yourself to is more and more and more. And I, I do find, like, you're not always going to gel with everyone when like no, you say it. No no. that's okay. Like, there's plenty of work for everybody. And uh, my best success is when I work with those that I just gel with so well. We just achieve so much more. Um, but that's just,
0: you know. And if it's not a now, it, may, it doesn't mean it's not a forever. It could be in six months' time. They might be in a different headspace. They might be in a different business. They might be more open to different opportunities and what you've got to offer.
1: I've heard that with a lot of clients where I've maybe helped them with one thing, they they got themselves in a bit of a situation and they're like I don't know how to fix this, and then six months later they they're ready. Yeah. You know, had that conversation of what they need to be doing. It's just sometimes it's just too hard. Marketing is very intimidating to some people, and so. They just don't want to do it. And then they think about it. And you've got to give them that time for it to absorb and, and then they're ready. And then there's others that literally I put one idea on the table and they're like, do it, do it now, let's go. So,
0: <laughs> I've, I think that's building that trust too, Lisa,
1: you know, well, once you've got that going. So um, I've, I've had both. Sometimes it's been six to 12 months before any work has come or like a lot of work. It might be small things that I've helped fix or like they've come across an itch- issue and they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done it just as because they've been referred and I, I'm happy to help. Yeah. But, and then it, it turns into solid work and a really good relationship with clients. So. Awesome. Um, yes. Back yeah. to the answer, building a network.
0: <laughs> build a network. Build a network, people, get out there. <laughs> um okay so you know the journey that you've had in your uh, marketing career what are three tips that you give to someone who's looking to enter that marketing space
1: i think marketing um marketing is hard and people are full of a lot of doubt because you're putting your work on display to be exposed to a lot of people right like you're trying to bring clients in so unlike a normal job where you just do your work and the office sees it Marketing, our work is for everybody to see. So you've got to be able to have the confidence to just do it and get out there and know that you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And just sometimes you've got to be able to talk yourself. It's that self doubt. I think it plagues marketing people more because you're always putting your work up for criticize, like for people to criticize. And trust me, everyone thinks they're a bit of a marketing expert. So you've got to be prepared for that. Like it doesn't phase me anymore. But when I was younger, I really got nervous every time a new campaign launched and, you know, I don't want to give away my age, but it's pretty obvious. Like having a website was a really big deal. Yeah. Facebook was not invented. So we couldn't do analytics like we can now. And, you know, so we'd have a lot of money and time and a billboard would go up and there'd be yeah. TV ads and, and newspaper ads would go out and it'd all roll out at once and we wouldn't know what people really thought about it until we'd exposed it out there and see what people said so you've got to have a bit of a thick skin for marketing um i also think you should be surrounding yourself with people um who are like-minded people who build you up people who are different to you and can give you different opinions um like we spoke about of getting advice yeah uh, doing that, when I first started in my career, I actually went and spoke to a lot of people um, about where I could go in my career. I went and spoke to different business owners. I asked them, I knew nothing about it. Like I didn't know where my career could go really. Or the reason why I chose marketing, because it was fun. I thought I could get paid to party a lot. Little did I know that it's actually a lot of hard work. But that, like, I didn't go into it. Why, like, really, with a lot of knowledge, and it's amazing that I'm still in it. But because uh, it's actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. But you know, surround people, surround yourself by people, and um, I think, I think, whatever you do, you've got. To, my third thing is whatever you do, do it with passion. So if you are miserable at work you need to be thinking about whether it's the right place for you because it's going to exhaust you and you're, no one's going to get the best out of it. You're not going to get the best out of yourself. So I'm a big believer that if you're not, like, we've all got ups and downs at work, but majority of the time, I really enjoy what I do, whether I'm working for somebody else or whether I'm freelancing now and working you know, I still work for people. I know I have more than, more bosses than ever before, right? It's not, but um, I enjoy it. I get out of bed going, oh, I'm going to go see people today and, oh, we're going to go talk about this next project or we're going to review this. So, you know, or... You know, when we're doing AWICS International Rubens today, like how exciting is it when we get deliveries of all the promo? I'm always sending texts, like, look around, look, it's beautiful, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like that gives me joy and I get excited by it and I know you get excited about it. So I just I think, think it's
0: a lot of it's to all that planning, all that planning and like behind the scenes, how many things do we look at before we choose
1: that one marketing item that we're going to use at the event? that item what color is it going to be how what are we going to put are we going to put the logo are we going to put the logo and the website is there enough room should we do one or two like it's a lot and then you see it and you're like hey, it's beautiful
0: yeah it's exactly um, what we needed
1: yeah so uh I, I think no matter what you do i like to be challenged and if i'm not being challenged is when i start falling flat mm-hmm. um so i think that third thing is you've got to be Enjoy work. If if you like routine, then get a job that just gives you routine. I like challenge, I need to be challenged, I need to grow, I need to be discovering new things, and that's what I have. Um so they're probably my yeah. Cool. Three things. Yeah,
0: nice. Well th- how can people get in touch with you, Lisa? Is your website contactable since you <laughs> <need> <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Is there a contact me part? <laughs> There is. What's your website, Lisa, in case somebody needs some help out there with marketing, social media, all that sort of stuff?
1: JimmyMG.com and there's a contact page on it. Fantastic. So, but Amanda, just put a link on the podcast to the website.
0: (laughs) I'll put a link as well.
1: (laughs) No, not a
0: problem. Well, thank you for your time, Lisa. It's been a great chat and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Sounds good. Bye.